20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, everybody? Happy Saturday. Welcome into an all new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on X at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Quick shout out to our all new Pack a Day Podcast YouTube members, Vincent and Theo and Paul Merrifield. Thanks so much for joining. Today, we are going to be going over a topic that I was not expecting to discuss today. I have my list of topics here that I have and was planning on. And today's topic was not on that list of topics. And that is. Tom Silverstein's article that sort of presupposed that the Packers could potentially be releasing Aaron Jones within the next couple of weeks. There was also some other big news in that article that I want to go over as well, but we need to start by talking about Aaron Jones. We need to start by talking about the article that Tom Silverstein wrote, and we need to start by talking about what could potentially happen with Aaron Jones in the next couple of weeks. Now, let me start off with the Tom Silverstein article, and he said, quote, Green Bay, Green Bay Packers officials have met with running back Aaron Jones agent at the NFL scouting combine in hopes of reaching agreement on a salary cap cut that would make the final year of his contract less burdensome to their cap. He goes on to say, actually, I'm going to stop right there. He then goes on to say, quote, If the two can't reach agreement in the next two weeks, the Packers could release him and then hope whatever they are offering isn't matched on the open market, but they would risk losing him to another team, so they will have to work with Rosenhaus to find a way to negotiate a cap reduction. There's a huge difference here. Um, When Tom originally wrote the article, at least from what I can tell, and based on what was quoted in other articles... He said, if the two can't reach an agreement in the next two weeks, the Packers would release him. He has since changed it from what I can tell to the Packers could release Aaron Jones. That is a pretty big difference. Tom went on to clarify on X and said, let me clarify the story I wrote on Aaron Jones. The Packers met to try to reduce his salary cap number. I don't know that they're asking for a pay cut. I should have made that clear. It could be a restructure. The idea is just to get his cap number down. Sorry for the confusion. Also, he said, also those that are blowing up the line about them cutting him, I was pointing out how that was an option, but not a likely one. It's an option with anyone who has a high cap number, but I would suspect they would do everything in their power not to do that. Also in the contract, or sorry, in the article by Silverstein, excuse me, is this direct quote, the bottom line is that they want him back. So of course, um, and based on sort of how Tom originally worded it and coming out on a Friday afternoon and, you know, basically this idea in the article that the Packers, if they cannot work out a deal with Aaron Jones, would cut him in the next two weeks, blew up huge on X immediately. And people freaked out and people panicked that Aaron Jones could no longer be a Green Bay Packer and so on and so forth. So uh, first of all, Tom does a tremendous job reporting on the Green Bay Packers, one of the absolute best in the business. I think he probably regrets some of his verbiage, and he did go on on X to clarify some of the verbiage immediately, which just shows his professionalism overall. He's made updates to the article again to say could release him instead of would release him. The bottom line here is, as Tom put in the article, is that they want him back. 
And from what we know from Aaron Jones, from the beginning of his time as a Green Bay Packer up until now, is that he wants to remain a Green Bay Packer as well. Remember, just last year, he took a pay cut. So there was a lot of conjecture, a lot of panic, a lot of concern. And even before Tom put out the uh, you know amendments and addendums to uh, his initial article, I said immediately, I have no inside sources. I have no inside knowledge or reporting that I can do on this, but I would be shocked if Aaron Jones is not a Packer in 2024. Let's start by like, what is, what's going on here? Because I think this is an important thing to go over. This is contract and negotiation period between veterans and teams. This is what happens at this time of year. And what happens sometimes is you get this information that's leaked out to try to provide some leverage or, you know, just kind of go over some of the things that are happening. But this is all probably in some sort of effort by both sides to find a number that's manageable and amicable to both parties. That's what's going on here. At the end of the day, I wholeheartedly believe, and Tom mentioned it as well, that the Green Bay Packers want Aaron Jones to be on the roster next year. I also wholeheartedly agree that Aaron Jones wants to be a member of the Green Bay Packers next year. What you have to come to an agreement on is that what number does that make sense? And those aren't always the easiest discussions. They're not always the easiest negotiations. But when one side and the other side want the exact same thing to happen, they're normally more often than not, far more often than not, going to eventually get to a point where they can reach a conclusion that is perfect, maybe not perfect, but compromisable and amicable for both sides. And that is what I ultimately see playing out here. This is just the type of negotiations and contract talk that goes on at this point in the year. This is nothing abnormal. The Packers and Aaron Jones went through it a season ago. They've been through it before. They might be through it again, dependent upon what happens with this contract. These are very normal things to happen. And as Tom has sort of gone over again now in his article, is that he does not expect there to be a release of Aaron Jones. What he was basically saying in as many words or in different words is what I've been saying all week long, and you're probably sick of me saying it by now. If you do go to a player with a request for a restructure or a pay cut, you do have to have the ability in your back pocket to say, hey, if we can't come to a conclusion here, I'm going to have to release you. And if you do not actually come to a conclusion, you do need to follow through on the release. Otherwise, your words become hollow for every other contract renegotiation or possible pay cut with agents moving forward who know you'll just kind of chicken out and not actually go through with the request that you're trying to make or the threat to actually release the player, in which case... You know, future agents might just say, well, we're not actually going to take any sort of pay cut. We're not going to renegotiate and you, we don't think you're actually going to cut us. So you have to have that sort of in your back pocket. It's not likely to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't think Tom necessarily thinks that it's going to happen either. Don't want to put words in Tom's mouth. And But that's why he said, uh, and kind of as his, his last sort of tweet that he put out, I was pointing out how that was an option, but not a likely one. I do not believe there is a real, you know, opportunity or a real world in which the Packers go to Aaron Jones and release him and then let him shop on the open market and say, let us know what your number is and we want you back at the end. To get a better understanding of this entire process and why it's happening, though, we have to have a better understanding of what Aaron Jones contract currently entails, because there is some there's some interesting points to this for both sides right now. 
Aaron Jones cap hit in 2024 is set to be 17.575 million, 17.6 million basically in cap hit on the salary cap for this season in 2024. That would make him as of right now, the second highest paid running back for this season in all of football at 30 years old, coming off a pretty injury riddled season, even if he was absolutely spectacular in the games that he actually played in, he didn't play in all those games. The second highest paid running back at this age for a player that has had now some injury issues is obviously not necessarily ideal. And in a time and an age in which running backs are maybe devalued more than ever and teams are not paying running backs, a 17.575 million cap hit for a running back that again is 30 years old is a hefty price to pay and especially making him the second highest paid salary for any running back in 2024. What that salary is made up of is an 11.1 million base salary, 5.72 million in prorated signing bonus that's already been paid for. Can't get out of those no matter what. We've been through those uh, in numerous situations and scenarios in the past, but that is a signing bonus that's already paid and he, they're going to pay him that no matter what. He has a $400,000 per game roster bonus and a $500,000 workout bonus. And that brings him to a 17.575 total uh, million dollar total cap hit for 2024. They also are on the books for Aaron Jones right now. If everything were to stay the same, they would pay him 17.58 million this year. And then next year, when his contract automatically voids and he would become a free agent, they would also pay him 6.64 million dollars in dead money next year. So what that means is that Aaron Jones, through this year and next year, for just one year of playing for the Green Bay Packers, this year and next year would cost them. over two years for just one year of play in 2024. That is an exorbitant cost for a lot of players, specifically a running back that is coming off some injuries and that is turning 30 years old. That is not a great place to be in for that type of contract, even if Aaron Jones, we can all agree, is phenomenal. You want him in the locker room. You want him on the team. I don't know of anyone that wants him gone, but that is a exorbitant salary cap hit for this year and next year for just one year of play in 2024. So what would happen, and I want to be abundantly clear about this, I am not in any way suggesting that Green Bay should release Aaron Jones. And I'll say it one more time. I do not believe in any way that they will release Aaron Jones, but there's a reason that we need to go over this number. If Aaron Jones was released, he would count $12.355 million against the salary cap this year, but they would save $5.2 million in salary cap space this year. And they would save that full $6.638 million next year because it accelerates to this year's cap. They, in total, would save almost $12 million in salary between this year and next year um, by releasing him at this point in time. What that also means is Aaron Jones, by staying on this contract right now, has $12 million to gain by playing out as a member of the Green Bay Packers this season. So kind of how you can view this, right, is that you can take away all the bonus stuff and all the void stuff and all the roster bonuses and prorations and things like that and basically look at it that Aaron Jones, because they've already paid that and they've already mortgaged, uh, you know, 
or they've, they've put like this money on the credit card for now so that they could pay him cheaper in years past. So take all of that garbage away and just know that Aaron Jones is basically set to make a one year, $12 million salary this upcoming season that they can get out of entirely if they want to. It would be part savings this year, part savings next year. But the end result, if Aaron Jones plays this year, is that he would make an additional $12 million. And if the Packers were to release him and he would get none of that $12 million and Green Bay would save $12 million over this year and next year. So this equates to, after all those signing bonuses that they've already paid and they can't get out of anyway, is as of right now, would you sign Aaron Jones to a one-year $12 million deal at age 30 with some of the injury issues that he just had? And more importantly, or maybe a better way to look at it, is if Aaron Jones was on the open market, would he garner a one-year $12 million deal? My estimation and the estimation of those, I believe, uh, in the salary cap world as they look at his you know, projected contract and things like that, is that he would not get that type of money. So now here is where that negotiation comes in. If Drew Rosenhaus and Aaron, you know, as is his agent, says, hey, we think we can get $10 million on the open market if, you know, if Aaron Jones were to become a free agent. Even if that is the case, which that might be a little bit high, then Green Bay can say, okay, that's great. Let's get that $12 million down to $10 million, and we save $2 million in the process, and that is a deal for both sides. He gets to stay a member of the Green Bay Packers. We get to save $2 million. He still gets to be one of the highest paid running backs. Everyone sort of wins in this scenario. You could go about it that way. Those are very normal conversations to take place. Now, Drew Rosenhaus, as a good agent, I'm sure will say, no, 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 we're not giving you any hometown discount. We would rather we would rather go somewhere else. He's probably bluffing. He's probably saying that for show. He's probably saying that to get the contract higher, but he might threaten that and say, no, 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 we're, we, we would rather walk. Rather than you cut $2 million off of it, we'd, we'd rather walk. In which case, Green Bay would say, all right, if you think you can get $10 million elsewhere, we'll make it $10.25 million. And Drew Rosenhaus was like, oh, okay, well, we'll stay for the extra 250000 It might not sound like that much, but it could be the difference between that or that negotiation could take place. Now, the numbers I'm telling you could be off by $2 million or $1 million or who the heck knows. We're not privy to those conversations, but that is the back and forth that takes place. I'm sure, again, Jones wants to remain a Packer. I'm sure Green Bay wants to retain Jones, but I think both sides can be honest and open about it and say he's probably not getting a one-year $12 million deal in the open market. And then that is where those negotiations need to take place and they need to figure out a dollar sign that makes sense that both sides are happy with. And once they get there, they will redo that deal. Now, here are the things that Green Bay could do with this Aaron Jones contract. They could do a simple restructure of the contract. They could say, Aaron, you are amazing. We love you. We care about you. We are not going to ask you to take any pay cut again for the second consecutive year. We just want to restructure your deal. We're going to add some void years to it. We're going to get that number down this year uh, to a more reasonable cost for us, and we'll pay you more in the future. They could do a simple restructure. The odds are is that that's not the direction that they're going in. The reason that I say that is if they wanted to go in that direction, they don't even need to involve Aaron Jones and Drew Rosenhaus. They can just do that. Well, 
they can do a simple restructure without the void years. If they want to add the void years, then they need Drew Rosenhaus and Aaron Jones to agree. But if they wanted to do a more simple restructure, they could do so. Uh, but if they wanted to add those void years and just, you know, pay him as he is right now, but just move some of that money into future years, they could do that without Drew Rosenhaus and Aaron Jones. But if they wanted to do a more complex restructure, that is one thing that they could do and just sort of move the money around a little bit. That is option one. Number two is that you could have sort of this Preston Smith you know, type scenario. Aaron Jones says, and his agents say, hey, all right, I'm willing to take a pay cut, but let me earn some of that money back in incentives. So instead of saying like, hey, we're just going to take that $12 million and move it to $10 million, maybe they come up with a situation where we're going to take that $12 million and move it to $8 million, but we're going to add $4 million back on in incentives so that if Aaron Jones has a phenomenal season, he can still earn that full $12 million. But if he doesn't, Green Bay actually only has to pay $8 million. And there could be some benefit there for both sides, but Jones has to earn it through incentives. So you could end up in a scenario where there is immediate cap savings, but Jones could get some of that money back in bonuses that he earns through the course of the year based off of performance. So a base salary cut plus some incentives that he could earn some or all or more of that money back. The next would be a direct pay cut. They go to Jones and just like we said, they say, hey, you're not going to make, or they go to Rosenhaus more likely, you're not going to make 12 million on the open market. We think you're worth eight. Rosenhaus says they're worth 10. They meet in the middle at nine and he just ends up taking a pay cut. And it's as simple as that. $3 million pay cut, and again, this, these numbers could be off. It's not meant to exact the numbers here. We're just trying to go through a mock negotiation, if you will. But there could just be a simple pay cut. And that might sound harsh, right? On the surface, that sounds like the Aaron Jones, an all-time great Green Bay Packer, a future Packer Hall of Famer, and one of the real great running backs in the history of this franchise. You're going to try to nickel and dime that guy for a couple million dollars to try to get his money a little bit lower. That's what you're going to try to do. But these, again, are very common negotiations that take place. And that money ultimately matters. This is a business and the Packers, unfortunately, or fortunately, are forced to look out for their best interest and what makes sense most for the team. That is what all good GMs, that is what all good franchises do. And I'm not saying they can't take care of Aaron Jones in that process. I'm not saying they can't be human about it and empathetic about it and really handle that with, with care. But... If he's not going to make that on the open market, like think about this very logically. If he's not going to make 12 million on the open market, which he's in all likelihood not going to, and we know with all likelihood that he wants to stay a member of the Green Bay Packers, then you need to find the number that makes sense because if that is a likely $9 million on the open market, meaning like let's say the Vikings are willing to give him $9 million because it's always the freaking Vikings, right? They're willing to give him a one-year $9 million deal. All right, so Green Bay can say, all right, if you think you're going to get $9 million, we know you'd rather pay for us. We will give you the $9 million. We save $3 million. You still get the max that you would make on the open market, and everyone sort of wins. Even if it looks like Jones loses by losing $3 million in that situation, it certainly could still be better than if Green Bay released him and he had to go find work elsewhere and maybe play for a team that he wasn't so excited to play with. It is still a win for both sides, and it's a compromise for both sides. The next is that you could have a mix of a restructure and a pay cut. Maybe Jones does take a $2 million pay cut, but Green Bay would also like to save additional money on this year's cap, so they do some sort of simple restructure with him as well. You could have some sort of combination. The other is that you could sign him to an extension. 
They could add more years onto the deal. They could say, hey, not only do we want to try to get this number lower, but we'd also like to get you under contract for next year as well. That could be a direction that they go in to maybe also help Jones earn some of that money back and get maybe some more guaranteed money in next year to remain a member of the team in 2025 as well. That could be a direction that they go in. Or even though it's insanely unlikely and I don't expect it to happen, the other is that they could release him. So your options are restructure, base salary cut plus more incentives, pay cut, restructure plus pay cut, extension, or release. Those are the options. This is the scenario that takes place this time of year. You go through these difficult discussions, all the players and all the agents and all the teams. This is just a walk in the park of March in in late February, in early March. This is what happens this time of year. It'll happen next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that, as long as you are uh, on this earth and hopefully still watching the Packaday podcast, we will probably be talking about it in March every single year. And I saw some notes online of like, how could the Packers be so disrespectful to Aaron Jones? Can't they just really handle this with care? Again, these are professionals. They know how this works. There is nothing that Green Bay is doing wrong, at least based on what's been reported so far. It is simple renegotiations and contract talk that goes through like half of the league this time of year. So no, I do not believe they are disrespecting Aaron Jones in any sort of way. And I'll wrap this portion of the conversation by saying one more time, I fully expect Aaron Jones to be a Packer in 2024. I fully expect that he does not get released in 2024 by the Green Bay Packers. And I fully expect that they come to a contract agreement that probably brings his number down a little bit. He probably takes a little bit of a pay cut. He might get some incentives. He might get another year on the deal. There's going to be a a varying difference of ways that they could go about doing this, but it'll work for both sides. And Aaron Jones and and the Green Bay Packers will come to an agreement that is agreeable for, for both sides. Don't have any real concern about that at the moment. Uh, And hopefully I don't have to eat crow on this one, but I don't think I will. And I do very, very much expect Aaron Jones to be a Packer in 2024. The next piece of news per Tom Silverstein is that the Packers are unlikely to re-sign A.J. Dillon. Now, this is an interesting piece of news as well, because there hasn't really been much reporting on A.J. Dillon's status. I'm not going to dig too far into this one. If you want to hear my thoughts, I've done a couple episodes on this as of late, And I think most of you by now, and I talked about it in the happy hour yesterday as well, I believe it's time to go in a different direction with Aaron Jones. I want playmakers at running back. I want dynamic players. And on its simplest terms, A.J. Dillon has not proved that he can be that type of player. Not saying he can't be a good teammate. Not saying he can't be great for the city of Green Bay and Door County or the county of Door County. Not saying that he can't be a good NFL running back. I very much think he can be. I think he will find a team that fits his skill set. And it wouldn't surprise me if he had a really good 2024 season with some team, but I do think it's time for green Bay to go in a different direction. I think Jones plus another couple draft picks and uh, Emmanuel Wilson, and maybe you bring in a cheap veteran or something, but I think there's ways to go about this while letting Aaron, uh, AJ Dillon uh, find another team that probably makes sense for him and green Bay probably getting younger and a little bit more dynamic at that running back position in the long term. So what does this overall mean for the running back position? Kind of what I've been expecting all along. They figure out some sort of contract that makes sense for Aaron Jones. They figure out a way to keep him on the roster. Emmanuel Wilson will be back in training camp, and I still expect them to get two or three rookies, 
two, like maybe like a day two and day three, early day three type of pick, and then maybe a late day three or an undrafted free agent, um, something like that. But I think they're going to get some fresh bodies in that room, along with second year player and Emmanuel Wilson, Aaron Jones, and really make it so they've got some new young playmakers, hopefully at that running back position. But one more time, sounds like AJ Dillon gone. Very, very much expect personally that Aaron Jones will be back. One more piece of really good news that came from Ken Ingles and just the overall salary cap adjustments that were uh, announced or leaked out uh, on Friday. The Packers received a salary cap adjustment that netted them a positive $5.56 million. $5.56 million. Now, Ken Ingles, who does such a fantastic job of really breaking this all down, had anticipated that the Packers were going to get some adjustments here, but he had put more in the about $1 million range that he thought they were going to get credited back for. But they got $5.56 million credited back, which adds a surplus from what Ken was working with. And based off of what Ken was working with, when we did our salary cap exercise here on the podcast, that was what the $1 million was what I was working with as well. So the Packers netted another $4.5 million that Ken and I were expecting, or Ken was expecting, and I utilized those numbers um, from when we did sort of our salary cap projections. This is not like the salary cap rising where the money goes up for every team. Some teams, I'm sure, did get some money back as well. But this is all through unearned bonuses from 2023, whether it be through not hitting their workout bonuses or their roster bonuses, whatever it might be. When you don't hit those, you get credited back for those. It just so happened that Green Bay got credited back for $5.56 million, which is going to aid them in either spending some money or maybe more importantly, not having to do a bunch of restructures and voids that's going to kick a bunch of money down the road and make you a little bit less, you know, salary cap, um, you know, running things the right way and, and being fiscally responsible. Let's put it that way with the salary cap. You want to keep that bottom line as, as clean as you possibly can. And this is a good way to do that if you don't have to do a bunch of void year restructures to open up money now. Or they could just, you know, go out and sign, you know, some free agents with the money as well. Either way, it's a surplus of money. It'll help Green Bay and give them more opportunity to add some players to the roster if they want to this upcoming offseason. And spoiler alert, I very much believe that they want to couple other news and notes from Friday. I did my whole safety breakdown on uh, Friday's episode. If you have not checked that out, I cannot stress it enough. You are going to want to check that out. I would be shocked if Green Bay does not sign a safety from that list this offseason. So you're going to want to get to know those players. It wouldn't even shock me if they signed two players from that list. But one of the players that I put on my likely cut candidates that could be an option for Green Bay was Eagle safety, former Titan safety, Kevin Byard. And guess what happened on Friday? He did get released. He is now a free agent, able to sign with any team at any time. Remember, if you're released, you do not have to wait until the free agency period opens. You can sign right away. And he could be a potential box safety option for Green Bay. I don't think he's a great option. I think he's a little bit older. I know he's a little bit older. He's past 30. And he has seen a pretty significant decline from his time in Tennessee and then going to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. But he does fit pretty well in that box safety role. There's worse options out there. If the price was right, I wouldn't hate it. But it's not probably the direction that I would go in. But that is another option for the safety uh, position for the Packers this offseason. Meanwhile, the Detroit Lions, not your Green Bay Packers, were awarded at the scouting combine for having the best draft of 2023. 
We'll see about that long-term. We will see about that long-term. There's no question they had a fantastic draft. Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. And, um, you know, I know uh, Jack Campbell didn't have a, a necessarily a great season, but, you know, Brian Branch was phenomenal. They had a awesome, awesome draft. So there's, it's not like a, a major slight to Green Bay. But let's just keep an eye on that over the next few seasons because this Green Bay draft class, pretty epic as well. I think there could be a race long-term to see who has a better draft in the future. And uh, we'll look back at it in a few years. And I like Green Bay's chances of maybe, I know they can't steal the award later, but of ultimately earning that award based on the uh, overall fruits of the labor uh, a few years from now. Uh, Last but not least, there have been multiple reports that Justin Fields on the open market or on the trade market is only expected to net about a second or third round pick. So if the Bears were hoping that after you know making the decision to keep the pick and, and draft a quarterback or maybe trade down a spot and draft a quarterback at two, that they were going to get this and you know another big time first round pick for Justin Fields. Listen, anything could still happen. Some team could fall in love or maybe lose out on all the quarterbacks and get desperate. As of right now, sounds like they're only expected to get a second or third round pick in return for Justin Fields. It still is uh, you know, humorous to me. Um that the Bears fans have sort of talked themselves into Justin Fields being a worthwhile quarterback to save and that they shouldn't draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. To be fair, not all Bears fans feel that same way, but the fact that any Bears fans were like, yep, got to keep Justin Fields, like this is a very clear and obvious decision. And clearly the rest of the NFL agrees. The top of the quarterback class, there might be four quarterbacks that go in like the top six or eight picks. And meanwhile, Justin Fields can't get a first rounder in return. That tells you all you need to know. And it just kind of goes to show you how few good quarterbacks the Bears have had over time that some fans are convinced that, nope, we got to keep Justin Fields. This is like the best quarterback that we've had. Um, Sometimes it's a sad state of affairs in Chicago. But that being said, the Chicago Bears are in a very good spot. I love, love, love Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Hopefully Chicago finds a way to screw that up. But um, at least if you're a Packer fan and are hoping that, you know, Chicago is maybe not going to get this huge haul for Justin Fields, doesn't seem like they're going to. And hopefully that ends up being more of a third round pick than a second round pick for Justin Fields. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. Shout out to Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wayne, John Wild, Shea Dad, Brandon Paletta, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee, Lori Lord, Baby QB, David McCluskey, Donald Decker, and Bremen. I will see you guys tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.